All right, everybody, welcome back. It is another episode of Crypto 101 Podcast. Pizza Mind here. I'm rolling solo today, but not alone. We have with us today the founder of a very interesting project called CoinCloud, and these guys are building crypto ATMs. I'm very interested to hear about this sector of the industry because we've never talked about it on this podcast before. Chris McAllery, welcome to Crypto 101. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad to be here and glad to, to talk with you, Pizza Mind. It's a pleasure to have you. What were you doing before you got into crypto and what convinced you that this was the future? Yeah, I, I got into playing poker in, in college. After I graduated, I, I was deciding, I studied economics and was deciding whether or not to do a real job or go work for myself and uh, was having too much fun playing poker online. And uh, after college, I ended up uh, buying a house in Vegas and moving here and was playing poker from like 2007 to 2011 and experienced this uh, Black Friday event. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the online poker world, but in uh, 2011, they shut down all the offshore poker sites uh, like Full Tilt Poker, Ultimate Bet, and uh, basically wiped out the whole industry overnight for, for U.S. players. Oh, my God. And uh, around that time, maybe like six months prior to that, I'd heard about Bitcoin for the first time in late 2010. On, uh, on my favorite podcast. And, you know, that sort of, you know, th this first time I heard about it on this podcast, they had uh, Gavin Andreessen, who was the uh, lead developer of Bitcoin at the time, as the guest. And, you know, Gavin was just uh, such a great guest and uh, introduced me to Bitcoin. And I was immediately fascinated and wanted to learn more um, and sort of went down that rabbit hole right away. And, you know, you think you understand Bitcoin well the first time you hear about it. And then as you, you know, go deeper and deeper, you realize you basically didn't know anything at all. And, you know, I spent a good six months just going down this rabbit hole. And this was 2010, early 2011. And the only real place you could buy Bitcoin at the time was Mt. Gox. And I just had this really terrible experience with offshore poker sites um, being shut down. And there basically was no way I was sending money to Japan and keeping it on a, on a Bitcoin exchange there. And so what I ended up doing was building my own Bitcoin mining rig in my garage here in Las Vegas. And uh, that was, you know, a, a, a wormhole in and of itself. You know, looking back, it's like, how did I even like figure out how to do that? I was like building like a motherboard that looked like an octopus with like eight graphics cards in it. And uh, basically mined for a couple months in the spring here in Vegas and got my electricity bill in the beginning of summer. Uh, and it was like $600 when it was normally like $100, $100. And it was just like, okay, you know, I'm mining $2 Bitcoin. This doesn't really make too much sense. Um, but it was fun. It was a fun hobby while I did this and interesting. But uh, I'm going to unplug this thing and go about my merry life. And, you know, had Bitcoin, was sort of a Bitcoin evangelist amongst my friends and family and acquaintances. I was still playing a little bit of poker here and there and was talking about Bitcoin at the poker tables. And through that, ended up trading Bitcoin with those people who, well, I was able to convert. And they're like, oh, well, I want, now you've converted me, how do I get some? And so I would, you know, do cash to Bitcoin deals. 
um, casually, you know, for a couple of years amongst friends and family and acquaintances, sort of saw that grassroots demand. And then in 2013, late 2013, a company here in Vegas called Robocoin built the first Bitcoin ATM prototype and sent it up to Canada. And I, I was like, wow, this is a cool idea. It was like a huge press event. I, I don't know if you were around Bitcoin at the time, but the, uh, it was like all over the front page of Reddit. I think the Forbes article announcing a launch, launch had like a million views or reads on it. And I was like, wow, this is cool. This is exciting. I like this business model, sort of doing what I was doing casually with friends and acquaintances. And, and you know, it's a much more scalable version of what I was doing and a, b- a better version of what I was doing. Why send a, a man to do something a machine can do better? You know, known counterparty. Uh, you don't need to wait on that person in a coffee shop to show up and uh, haggle you on price or rob you at the worst. You know, there's there's a bunch of different reasons why I really like this model and thought it was scalable. And then I approached Robocoin and they said, oh, well, nobody's doing this in the United States because there's all these money service business laws. Nobody's fit cash trading to Bitcoin trading through a kiosk into the existing money service business laws. Said, okay, well, can I figure this out? And uh, my one of my college buddies was a lawyer in Vegas. Uh, we looked at the problem, came up with a solution, which was probably the first cash to Bitcoin KYC AML policies for this particular business model um, in 2014. We launched our first kiosk on the Vegas Strip across from Aria in a humble little gift shop in summer of 2014 and it was immediately a hit and we just you know said hey let's put more of these locations out we continued to you know reinvest the profits from from our growth into more and more locations and better and better services whether it's you know a call you know customer support team or a companion bitcoin wallet we you know over the years have uh, reinvested in our own growth and today we've gone for one location to 10 locations to 100 locations. You know, we're about to surpass 1,000 locations here in the next month. And so uh, you know, our, our mission is to bring digital currencies and digital currency kiosks uh, basically to every corner in America um, so to make access to digital currency as convenient as possible. So I know I've been talking a lot. <laughs> I went on a little bit of a soliloquy there, but uh, that's the story. Well, this is a really good story too, because a lot of the people listening to this podcast maybe have not bought their first crypto yet. And one of the reasons is because it's too hard. It's challenging. Where do you go? Who do you trust? But if you look back, it's really fascinating that Bitcoin ever got to be where it is today because it was essentially invite only in the early days when you got in. Like You had to know a guy who knows a guy who has some to get it. And then you got to call a phone number, send an email address, pick a meeting location outside of a 7-Eleven, whichever the least shady 7-Eleven is, and uh, walk up to a guy and be like, hey, you got that Bitcoin? And that's really how it was. It was truly a peer-to-peer cash kind of system. So you tried the mining thing. It's just not cost-effective. Trading firms, really, really hard. You have to have specialized knowledge. So you created this ATM company as an on-ramp. 
What are some of the unique challenges and benefits of having a crypto ATM company? Can you expand a little bit more on all those money service business laws that uh, a lot of people operated without and ended up going to prison? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the early days of the space, you're, you're exactly right. It was hard to get. It was risky to get. I remember reading stories on Coindesk about people getting held up with knives and guns and being robbed at uh, Bitcoin transactions. And, uh, you know, that was the early days of Bitcoin. And, you know, the Bitcoin ATM is an elegant solution to a lot of that in that, you know, you've got a company standing behind it. They're trusted. They're registered. They're, uh, you know, registered with the federal government. They're often registered at the state level, uh, depending on what state they're in. And they're implementing an AML KYC process that's required by law and, you know, makes transactions trusted and regulated um, so that nobody gets in trouble. And so, you know, what ended up happening is companies like Coinbase and Bitstamp and all the early online Bitcoin exchange Kraken were able to scale very fast over the internet because they could link into the existing banking system. And anybody who had a banking a bank account could could pretty easily link their bank account over, you know, a week or two and basically setting up like a brokerage account. Um, but everybody who didn't have a bank account or didn't like using banks or their income was mostly uh, cash generated or their transactions, their lifestyle is more cash oriented. This group of people didn't really have the same access to Bitcoin. And that's you know why the Bitcoin ATM is really important is that it, it serves that particular customer base who perhaps is I don't I don't want to say less sophisticated, but perhaps just uncomfortable with the legacy banking system, and that can be for a lot of different reasons. That, you know they feel betrayed by the legacy banking system because you know they shut down their account for whatever reason. Uh, they wouldn't open an account for the, whatever reason. They wouldn't give them a mortgage because the, the, the bank had some sort of bias against them. You know you hear stories about this all the time, and you know the, the legacy system's old. The rails are slow. The bankers. The bankers will be bankers and you know, there's a lot of good bankers out there. So I, I don't want to come across the wrong way, but uh, you know, some, some, if you're an immigrant, you might not have the documents to go open a bank account. If you don't speak the language, you may feel uncomfortable walking into a bank. You may feel uncomfortable walking into a bank for a lot of different reasons. Um, the Bitcoin ecosystem exists as an alternative uh, or better option than the legacy system. And so, you know, our particular ecosystem within Bitcoin is that cash economy connection to uh, digital currencies. And you can walk up to one of our kiosks with cash and instantly buy or sell Bitcoin. It'll be in your wallet uh, within a few minutes. And that's really powerful. And you don't have to go through the existing legacy system like you would on an online Bitcoin exchange. And you don't have to trust an online Bitcoin exchange to hold your balance. You know, as we've seen with these exchange failures like Mt. Gox and a few others, these, these guys, they can have security holes, they can have accounting uh, fraud. These guys can go under overnight and people have lost tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in these uh, collapses of these online exchanges. And you're putting a lot of trust in these online exchanges and doing business with them with a, with a you know, digital currency kiosk you walk up, we send you your money right away. There's no trust in us. 
to, to secure your balance and maintain it over time. Um, that's something that you know, we allow our users to take control of and, and have their own power. And you know, I think that's really what Satoshi intended Bitcoin to be used as is you know, he wanted people to hold their own private keys so that they could control uh, their own financial destiny and not be beholden to uh, regulators of the, of the legacy system. Now, you mentioned uh, anti-money laundering rules and all these compliant things you have to do. What's the actual user experience like from the moment they walk up to an ATM to the time that the Bitcoin actually appears in their balance? Is there stuff that they have to fill out to identify themselves? Because I know when we sign up for an exchange, it might take two or three days for the account to become active. Of course, it couldn't work like that for an ATM. So what's the user experience like? And really, how many minutes does it take from step one to, okay, this Bitcoin is cleared and confirmed in my wallet? Yeah, uh, great question. We basically have to abide by all the same uh, KYC obligations as the online exchanges. We uh, invest in a KYC process that can happen at the kiosk within a few minutes for very, very small amounts, um, less than $100, will allow you to buy Bitcoin just with a phone number. Um, and that's a lifetime $100 limit where we sort of made a business decision, hey, we want to allow people to experience the joy of digital currency um, without having to go through a complicated KYC process. Um, if you're going to become you know, doing more than $100, uh, the next tier up would be submitting uh, your driver's license. And we, we, you know, you take a picture of the driver's license, the camera on the kiosk snaps a picture of you standing in front of the kiosk. We match those two things. Um, from that, you know, we can fulfill most of our KYC obligations um, for that particular limit. And that allows you to do up to uh, $2,900 per transaction, up to $10,000 per day. And w- with the matching of the face to the driver's license, you know, we have a back-end process that confirms the ID is valid, that you're the person standing in front of the kiosk, and we send you a text typically within a few minutes, no longer than five minutes, that you know, your account's been verified and approved, and you've got full limits. And so we, you know, our mission is to make that process as convenient and simple and quick as possible, and you know, it, it continues to uh, improve, and we continue to use uh, better and better technology in order to uh, streamline that process. So once you've um, verified your account and have those higher limits, at that point, the machine asks you, what's your Bitcoin address? Uh, You scan that through a QR code. Very shortly, we'll have uh, NFC integration, so QR codes uh, are optional. And once we have your Bitcoin address, we say, hey, here's our exchange rate. Start putting in money. And so, you know, as you feed money in the machine, it tells you, you know, we've, here's your dollar. Here's how much Bitcoin we're going to send you for that dollar. And then you can keep feeding money, whether it's a hundred or twenties or fifties. And then you say done, you know, once you got, say you wanted $500, you put in $500 bills. I'm done. Okay. We're sending you Bitcoin. Here's the transaction hash. You get a text message receipt, a link to a blockchain uh, transaction hash. And you can, you know, it's broadcast to the network basically immediately and with one confirmation, it'll be there uh, the next time the network puts in a confirmation that's five to 15 minutes typically. Okay, that makes sense. Today's show is brought to you by our new sponsor, Cog Network. 
Cog Network, geared for gain. Cog Network is hedge fund investing evolved. By owning Cog Network tokens, you get exposure to the hedge fund's gains. The hedge fund is comprised of algorithmically traded commodity futures and investment in hard assets related to energy. The first hard asset is partial ownership of a multi-million dollar solar farm that has a crypto mining operation attached. I mean, this is really something that both traditional and crypto investors can come together and participate in. So for traditional investors, they can get exposure to cutting edge blockchain technology in a framework that they're familiar with, a hedge fund, right? And crypto investors can get exposure to an actual security that bears dividends and includes non-crypto assets. So that's super cool. And just for full disclosure, Cog Network is a fully registered and regulated entity qualified by the SEC as a Reg D as well as a Reg S and has a 506C exemption. They've been working with lawmakers since 2017 to get this idea built out in a fully compliant way. Crypt Nation, if you guys are interested in learning more about a tokenized hedge fund, go visit www.cog.network. Now, you guys are actually offering even more than just Bitcoin now. How did you decide what altcoins to offer? Great question. Yeah, we offer over 30 other digital currencies. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply this point, you know, we'll continue to vet and add more. And, and the vetting process is a combination of what's popular in the marketplace, what our consumers are demanding. And then on the other side, what compliance vets as, you know, something we want to offer. And, you know, we do some vetting to make sure these coins aren't outright scams, that they're in compliance with securities laws, amongst amongst other things. And, you know, we, we're, we're trying to protect the consumer and make sure we're not offering something that is going to hurt somebody at some point. Um, you know, there's always risk in digital currencies and we put that disclaimer on the kiosk as well. You know, do study what you're getting into. Uh, we also, well, one of the products I'm excited we offer is, uh, just the stable coins. You know, it's kind of boring. You know, it's a us dollar stable coin, but I think if you want to become your own bank and still have, you know, the stability of the local currency, I think it's an important step. And being able to take uh, a fiat dollar bill and turn it into a digital dollar bill, if you will, a digital token that can be shipped around the internet, or basically around the world for free and instantly, I think that's a really powerful uh, trend that's happening, that dollars are being digitized. Digital currencies are making you know, commerce since, uh, streamless globally. And you know, being able to empower somebody to transact with another person, whether it's next door 
or around the world, you know, really enables human flourishing at another level that wasn't possible on the legacy rails. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think if you haven't bought your first Bitcoin yet, A, you should, but B, if you are still not convinced, do stable coins because there are so many powerful products here in the crypto industry that give stable coins, which are a digital representation of a dollar. It's actually backed dollar for dollar in a real bank account, and that's what keeps the price stable at a dollar. There's slight fluctuations in the market, maybe a hundredth or a thousandth of a penny from time to time, but it's going to be a dollar today. It's going to be a dollar tomorrow. It's going to be a dollar 10 years from now, hundred years from now, always representing one dollar. You can take that. You can put it into something like bank of holders or crypto.com or Celsius or any of these other places and earn even up to 12% interest a year just on your stablecoin dollars. That's a stock market-like return for essentially uh, one of the lowest risk things you can do in crypto. So if you haven't yeah. got your Bitcoin yet, get into stablecoins. Totally agree. It's been amazing to watch that rise of uh, decentralized finance or DeFi over the last year or so and uh, what all the projects that are happening and popping up around stablecoins and Ethereum. Uh, and, you know, I've been, I've dove in myself and I'm earning quite a bit of interest on some uh, stable coins. Very good. Now, from your unique vantage point into the industry, how does its health look? I mean, we had this big economic crash in March. We're just starting to hopefully recover, but we're going to be having these Q2 earnings reports coming out here in a little bit. It's July 14th today, and we have yet to really assess the damage while hoping that uh, things are going back to normal. Are you noticing any accelerated growth in the usage per Bitcoin ATM? I know you're already expanding into thousands of units, but how has the usage perhaps grown or perhaps regressed from, let's say, 2017? Yeah, our, uh, our, our, our transaction volumes continue to grow month over month. Um, we saw as the shutdowns happened in March and April, we saw, you know, some of our locations are in malls and places that were part of that that lockdown shutdown. But uh, throughout, we volumes have remained strong, and in fact, you know, we've had really really strong record months sequentially in uh, May, June, and uh, July is, is also very strong. So we've been growing very steadily since 2017. And, you know, a lot of that is we're putting out more locations, but, you know, a per, per transaction rate, you know, we see that growing as well. And at the per kiosk level, we see that growing as well. Our, our volumes are actually quite a bit different than the online exchanges. We see very, very consistent transaction volumes month over month. Our users aren't speculating like the online exchange users are where you can see like huge spikes in volume because you know, PayPal made some press release. Our users are typically people who are using much more grassroots, that people are using this as a part of their day-to-day -day life, uh, whether they're using it as a way to store cash or as a money transfer uh, vehicle or, you know, their gateway into DeFi or some altcoin that they want to, you know, speculate on. So we see a, just a more regular customer um, and not as much of a, a speculative customer. And so our volumes are, 
I like to think re- reflect the grassroots growth of crypto and digital currency. And we just see very, very consistent month for month growth in transaction volumes going back to really our inception in 2014. And, you know, it, it's gotten me through a couple of, of the, sp- the price run-ups and run-downs in slumps because, you know, the price will <laughs> drop 10, 20% in a day. But, you know, that month, I'll just see month over month growth in our transaction volume. And I see, wow, people really, really are using digital currencies more and more each day. There's more and more wallets being used each day. There's more and more customers walking up to our kiosks. They're more walking up more and more frequently. And regardless of whatever the price is doing, people are really finding this technology more and more useful. And so having insight into that has really you know, made me very bullish and committed uh, to the long-term vision of this business and this industry. Very interesting. Are all Bitcoin ATMs essentially the same or are there differences from manufacturer to manufacturer? Yeah, um, there are similarities, but there are many different operators out there. There's been a big consolidation in the industry over the last year or two. Um, There's really three companies now that are, I would call national networks. And those big three vary, you know, they all use their own unique hardware. Um, some vary about, you know, whether or not they're both buy and sell within their own network. You know, some, a lot of them have locations that are 90% of the locations are buy only 10% are buy and sell. I think coin clouds different in the market in that we are hundred percent buy and sell. That's a commitment I made very early on about the business. I wanted people to be able to get in and out of digital currencies and, you know, trust the brand that, not only can they buy there, but if it's not working out for them, they can sell there and have a, a, a full end-to-end product. Also, you know, the, the different operators have different levels of service. Some, you know, will offer live phone support. Some won't. CoinCloud's one that offers live phone support. You can, we're based here in the U.S. You can call and talk to a, a very knowledgeable customer support person and you don't even have to be a customer to talk to them. You know, if you want to learn about digital currency or how to download your first wallet or ask about whether locations open or near you, or if you just want to call and say, hi, (laughs) you know, you can do that and we'll, we'll walk you through that process. And, you know, our brand's really committed to being the trusted provider in the space. And, you know, we're really excited to see that it's been, rewarded by a very loyal customer base. That's really cool. I, I was going to ask if you can actually sell Bitcoin at these locations, but that's great that you can and really important that you decided to make sure that all of them can go both directions. I know that would be a huge, huge bottleneck if suddenly I had to drive an hour a different direction to be able to sell Bitcoin than being able to go across the street and buy it. So that great decision on your part. Now, the other interesting thing is this ha- is happening in Las Vegas, of all places, because Vegas is a cash town. If you've gone there, you know the cash is king. You need cash to pretty much do anything over there. But now we're seeing cash shortages across the United States. There's health concerns that it could transmit COVID-19. And I think it's also a narrative to push us towards a central bank digital currency. What is something that CoinCloud can do to let everyone know that crypto is a solution for this rather than a government 
control digital dollar that will essentially have no privacy. <clears throat> right. You know, Vegas, it is a cash down. Vegas is basically going back into lockdown and we've been hit pretty hard in terms of a lot of the people in the tourism industry uh, being furloughed or out of work. You know, crypto remains strong and our, our message to our customer is, you know, get out of that dirty fiat. <laughs> you know, it, it's been shown that really the COVID doesn't stay long on surfaces. So I'm not sure how true the narrative is that cash carries COVID or physical surfaces carry COVID. Most of the studies I've seen say that it's mostly through uh, the air and respiratory contraction. Um, but it's still early days. Who, who knows what's really going on? But, you know, the message, you know, to go into crypto is obvious. You know, governments through this pandemic are fighting unemployment. They're fighting economic slowdowns. And to do so, they're making sure they're printing money. They're putting money in everybody's pocket so they can pay rent so that they don't default on their mortgages so they can continue to pay their payroll and those people can continue to buy groceries and pay their mortgages. And, you know, the income, they're replacing people's incomes with printed money. And inevitably, that's probably going to debase the currency and the buying power, the purchasing power of the, the currency. And the, sell, the selling point I would have for people is Bitcoin's scarce. A lot of the cryptocurrencies have a scarce inflation schedule. Go get out of that fiat and get into something that's a little bit more predictable. You know, the Bitcoin's inflation schedule is very predictable you know, out to the next hundred years and then it goes to zero. That's a lot more. I, personally, I trust that more than what the Federal Reserve is going to do. You, you don't know what they're going to do. And you don't know how much money they're going to print and how they're going to react politically. You don't know how they're going to react to the economic troubles and what the economic troubles are going to be. And so right now around the world, you're just kind of seeing all these governments print money as a reaction. And inevitably, that's going to depreciate the purchasing power of currency. And you know, even over the last hundred years, if you look at inflation rate and the decrease decreasing purchasing power of currency, I think it's like, you know, a dollar a hundred years ago is now worth a penny. And that's only going to accelerate if this continues to happen. Whereas if you held gold or uh, over the next hundred years that that's going to be Bitcoin, I think you'll have done well in terms of uh, maintaining the purchasing power of, of your savings or currency. Yeah, we've all been tricked into thinking that saving cash is the proper route towards a safe future, when in fact it couldn't be further from the truth. As you mentioned, the dollar is losing its value. I went to Vegas uh, just last week, and at Caesar's Palace, they wanted $28 for a double cheeseburger, $4 for a bottle of water. The resort fee <laughs> uh, has gone up from $20 to $51 a night even though all the amenities are essentially shut down. So, I mean, that's a living real world, real time example of our dollar going less and less far. I think the biggest risk you can take is to not be in crypto at this point. It's a very, very uh, harrowing world ahead if you're just sitting on a shoebox full of cash. Well, Chris, I just have a few questions left for you before we let you go. Since you've been around in the crypto space for such a long time, You've met a bunch of different people 
Who's one person that you admire in this industry that motivates you to keep on innovating and bringing crypto to the masses? Wow, that's a tough question. There, there's really so many. Uh, there's you know a lot of good leadership uh, amongst various companies. Obviously, Satoshi was phenomenal with getting this whole movement started, but nobody really knows who that is. In terms of you know public figures today, I, I think it's actually the people coming from perhaps the more traditional places that are the first to adopt digital currencies are going to have the biggest effect on popular mainstream adoption. And so I think those people would be people like Jack Dorsey, who made it a point to make the Square Cash app basically a crypto wallet. And, uh, you know, I think Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook is, is doing something similar with Libra, you know, putting a, a, a basically a digital wallet in every person's Facebook Messenger app. You know, that's going to be putting digital between those two companies. That's going to be like three billion people that are going to have digital wallets on 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 their smartphone. And once that happens, people are going to be using Bitcoin and all these other digital currencies without even perhaps realizing they're even using them. They're just making a payment, and the the rails behind them are built upon this new digital cryptocurrency uh, infrastructure. And so, you know, I, I, I guess look to those people and their leadership of, of bridging um, existing products into the crypto world. That's fascinating. And if this is the very first podcast, someone getting into the space had heard, what would you want them to know? I would say just buy, buy your first Bitcoin. That is a really magical experience. And you can say, oh, uh, you know, digital currencies are cool, but they're not for me. And you can write them off pretty easily. But once you sort of see how easy that payment is, and the fact that you didn't, you know, you basically didn't have to go through a bank banking system, set up a bank account, set up a payroll, that you can just make this payment basically freely on your own to anybody in the world. Uh, that's a really magical, powerful thing. And you don't know it until you experience it. So I just recommend using it. And then you start to ask questions. You start to say, how did this work actually work? How did I, how is this so easy? And then you realize, oh, there's this really cool decentralized technology that underlies it. How, how do they make sure that this isn't hacked? Or how do they make sure that this is something, what's behind this currency? And you start going down these various rabbit holes and, and learning more and more and more just because you used it. And the, that's how I got into Bitcoin. That's how you know, I sort of expanded my worldview in a lot of different ways is because I just kept using it and asking questions and um, it would lead me down all these different rabbit holes. And here I am now, I've got a whole business. Uh, it's, you know, my life's devoted to it. So just try it. Now that's fantastic advice. And if for some reason there isn't an ATM nearby, you can also purchase online at coincloudatm.com. There's all the information you need about there. Um, you can go to that website, once again, coincloudatm.com, and you can look at the ATM Finder. It'll give you all the locations around. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for spending the last 40 minutes with us. We look forward to catching up with you in Vegas sometime soon. Always give me a ring whenever you're out here. Pizza Mind, it was a pleasure chatting with you. Certainly will. Stay safe. You too. Tip.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.